There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Welcome in to the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. I am your host, Timothy Michael McKernan, and it is my pleasure to bring to you questions from the audience. These are my own vocal effects that I think are really, really neat. Uh, listen, I enjoy the questions that I get, whether they be on Facebook, on the TMA fan page, which I recommend you join, the TMA fan page on Facebook. Uh, so just click to join. It's a private group, and you'll be put in there. And then uh, also via email, tmckernan at insidestl.com. And today I have so many, so we're going to we're gonna have to narrow it down and then um, follow up with the following episode as we go through the questions from the audience and thank our sponsors for making the whole thing possible. I'm talking about Ryan Kelly, the homeloanexpert.com. I'm talking about Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies. I'm talking about James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. I'm talking about Mike Judy of Mike Judy Presents. I'm talking about Seth Goldcamp and Design Air Heating and Cooling. I'm talking about Johnny Landoff Chevrolet. And I'm talking about all the listeners who make it possible, support the sponsors. And if you like the podcast, get on board with the podcast. Advertise on the podcast. We've got some good things going on. The numbers are growing, and uh, I guess the thing's traveling by word of mouth, and people are enjoying it. More, pe- more and more people are podcasting, so great. Thank you so much for making it possible, because without the sponsors, we don't have a podcast, and we want to continue uh, to just be able to BS on podcast in addition to the radio and now the new Facebook Live and Twitter show that I'm doing with uh, Dan McLaughlin on, uh, on Facebook Live and Periscope. So all of that is made possible by sponsors, and hey, if the sponsors weren't getting a return on investment, they wouldn't be with us. And you hear all these names over and over again. That's because people are supporting the sponsors. So we're very grateful to them uh, for doing it and to you for doing it. Uh, and our first sponsor, of course, is the studio sponsor, Ryan Kelly, online at thehomeloanexpert.com. He has been with me from the very beginning. He's also been with me since... Oh, God, I guess seven years now with Ryan Kelly morning after. So if you're in the market to buy a home, if you're in the market to refinance, make sure you're doing business with Ryan Kelly. He's the studio sponsor of the show, the title sponsor of the radio show, thehomeloanexpert.com. Thehomeloanexpert.com. Ryan Kelly, the studio sponsor of this award-winning podcast. All right, let's, let's, what am I going to do? Do I do emails? Do I do questions on the fan page? I'm going to start with questions on the fan page. And let's see what we got. Uh, let's see. What's your thoughts? This is good. This is timely, and it's good. What are your thoughts on the Tiger Phil match? you think it will fall short, or do you think it will be well done? Are you planning on ordering it? After watching the 24-7 on HBO, it's got my interest up more and made me think it may be better than I originally thought it would be. My official prediction on the Tiger Phil match, and this is coming from a golf guy, is golf nerdy as it gets? I think it will be a failure. That's what I think. Gangster Pete, nod or shake your. You think it's gonna be a failure? I just, I, you know, I saw Rory McIlroy saying 15 years ago, maybe. I, I, I just think when it gets down to it, is it's this. I just don't think it's that captivating. And listen, I want it to be great. I've never played that course. Anytime I'm in Las Vegas, people say you got to play Cascada, you got to play Shadow Creek. They're playing Shadow Creek. I've never played it. Um, 
I just, I just think it's going to be a bust. And I could be wrong on this. I, uh, to answer your question as to whether or not I will purchase it, I will not be purchasing it. First off, we have our hockey night presented by Bud Light with the Blues and Predators uh, for Friday night's game. You can get tickets at Eventbrite. Me, Dan McLaughlin, hosting that. Go to eventbrite.com. So I'll be going to that, and we have food and drink from 90 minutes before face-off all the way through the end of the game, so we'll probably be ponied up there. But it just, and listen, I mean, my one of my favorite sporting events I've ever been to, much less covered, is the 2018 PGA Championship. I can I can watch YouTube of David Freeze in Game 6 of the 2011 World Series or pictures or video from the 2018 PGA Championship and instantaneously been transported to a happier place. So it's not a, I don't really like golfing. I love golf, uh, and I love watching golf. This doesn't really do it for me. I think I would care more or be more intrigued by it if they were putting up their own money. Uh, that would do it for me. Um, it, it Maybe if you also included... You know, take your pick of like four of the other top players in the world. You know, if you had Kepka and Johnson and Spieth and Thomas, you know, maybe I'm leaving. And they're all putting up like five million of their own. And it's like something like that. I don't know. But honestly, and listen, I want it to do well. So I want it to do well. But I, I watched the 24-7 as well. And I liked it. I was intrigued by it. But I kind of feel like. You know, when you watch the 24 like I watch 24-7s on some boxing matches, and most of the time, I don't know who the two dudes are, but you can tell, like, they legitimately hate each other. And and you hear their stories, and most of the time in the boxing world, it's not like they're growing up playing golf at Torrey Pines or growing up in Orange County and playing golf, so you got the hard scrabble story. And, you know, I don't fault people for coming from a, a, a good background. Uh, like Mickelson certainly did, and obviously Tiger's had money like crazy ever since his teens. But, you know, it just, I don't know, it doesn't do it for me. It doesn't do it for me. I, and maybe I'm wrong. I'll, I'll have to put a poll out on Twitter and on Facebook, but I have a feeling the vast majority of it, I think it's going to be labeled a bust when it's all said and done. We shall see. But I thought that's a good question. Timely question as well. Good question here. Uh, do you feel like being raised in a Catholic grade school and then high school environment pushed you more away from religion, and do you believe being raised into a certain belief system is a good thing for a child or not? I realize there are benefits to both sides, asking as I lived this and begin my foray into step-daddyhood. I love this question. And I love this question. Went down to get my pen. I love this question because it's something that um, my wife and I will have to decide on from an education standpoint for our son, who is... Uh, just about 15 months old, so we still have some time, but it's still something we talk about. I, I and my honest answer, of course, is I don't know. Um, my, I guess if, if it had to be an official position, which I think sounds like I'm running for office, but my thought process on religion um, is I approach it with, um, I guess what would officially be called agnostic, but with skepticism, but not of certainty. That's where I am. And I imagine a lot of people are probably in that, in that category as well. The thing regarding organized religion and in particular, um, 
what I view as like an Americanized, politicized version of Christianity, which is oftentimes used to justify political beliefs that can dismiss groups of people for things that oftentimes are completely out of their control uh, and or advance agendas and or get people to vote for your ticket, which will help you financially, even though you don't necessarily shame these, share these similar religious beliefs, but it'll benefit you from a tax standpoint, which is, you know, I suppose a genius strategy, but, you know, kind of vile from my standpoint. But either way, um, is the teachings of Christianity, and I can only speak to Catholicism because I went to a Catholic grade school and a Catholic high school, and I studied religion also at the University of Missouri. Um, the teachings of, of Christianity, I think, are are life lessons that whether one believes the stories or not, have invaluable um, invaluable presence in one's life for the entire time of not only their lives, but their, their, their children's. So I, supposedly anyway, the golden rule of Christianity is love thy neighbor, i.e. treat others how you would like to be treated, which about 20 plus years ago, I began um, trying, I don't even know what happened, why it happened. But I started kind of, I, I had two things, which I still live by, which is weird because you usually think things would change as, you know, you go from, I think I was in my late teens to now my 40s, which is to each their own. In other words, oh, I don't like this, but if it doesn't impact me or anybody I care about, like, why do I care? I just don't. Um, and then uh, try to treat other people how you would want to be treated. And it's kind of that, it's kind of, I don't know. So, so from, from that standpoint, I suppose that I, I have, um, I, I follow that Catholic teaching, um, but I'm turned off by what I find to be oftentimes double standards by those who make sure to let you know that they're very religious and I'm just not on board with that. Um, so that's, that's kind of where I come down on it. So, the question from uh, Don G, since I don't know if he wants his name out there, is do I feel like being raised in a Catholic grade school and then high school environment pushed me away from religion? Uh, and my answer to that is no. Um, it's, it's, and it's actually usually, you know, yeah, it's kind of no, it's kind of yes. I feel like that's like the way people answer questions when presented with a scenario that's not really an easy question. But I actually will go 100% no. I don't think that's what it was at all. I don't know. I don't know when exactly I would say it's not that I was that I'm pushed away from religion because anytime this comes up, I always go out of my way to say I'm in 100% support of people's ability to practice whatever religion it is that I include whatever. It's not just certain religions. See, it's a thing. We got to, we got to be consistent here. Don't we? Uh, whatever religion that they would like to practice, but also, um, that, I mean, some of the, the finest people I know, are of a you know religious background that I personally don't share. So, you know, it, I, I don't have. I think it, oftentimes things get labeled and attached to me that just are not accurate. And that that in the case that's being labeled, I always like to try to set the record straight. But with regard to the education, that's not what pushed me away from it. I think if I had to think back on it, and now I do recall specifically becoming agnostic in my senior year of high school at St. Louis U high because of a religion class, but the religion class specifically was there to challenge you. So if you did 
from it having a uh, having faith, then your faith was stronger because it was challenged through critical thought as opposed to what we had in grade school, and I would imagine a lot of Catholic grade st- schools still have, I don't know, which was the catechism. And in Catholic grade school, religion class was essentially memorizing this dogma. Um, but then I remember we had a couple nuns who were just like, yeah, I can picture, I can picture one. I remember it was like an, oh my God moment where the nuns like, yeah, the old Testament's not, you know, the, the, the story of Adam and Eve's not real. And we all kind of looking at each other in fifth grade going, whoa, you know, what is she talking about? Um, which sounds funny, I guess now, but, uh, you know, as you grow up, you're kind of like, oh yeah, I guess that is not real. Um, and it's kind of, you know right there in your face. But, but I also know that some people believe it. And I I think one of the things I always go back to, I feel like I talk about it every other podcast, maybe every podcast is you don't win people over to your side by, uh, calling those on the other side dumb or mocking. So, you know, if that's what people believe, maybe they're right. I personally, I don't see how you can see it, but I'm not here to, to, to try to convert anybody. I'm just, the question was asked of me and this is my honest perspective on it. I think what pushed me away from religion was not the Catholic education or the Jesuit education at St. Louis U High or the studying. It was just one or two classes at uh, the University of Missouri, uh, which were obviously not religion classes per se, but looking into other religions throughout the world, um, was seeing people who publicly would go out of their way to portray themselves as acting in the best interests of Christianity and then privately, and I'm not even talking about like behind closed doors. I'm talking about just like when the microphones weren't on were some of the least, I don't know what the right word would have been. Some of the shittiest people I've met. That's the way I would describe it. Um, you know, making sure they're in the front row at church and, you know, letting, you know, out of, I mean, just going out of their way to let you know when they do something charitable, uh, which to me isn't really charity. Um, you know, just, just, I mean, you, I'm sure most of you, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, there's plenty of it. Um, and it's just, it's, from my standpoint, that's, that's not, that's not what the teaching is. So then I'm like, okay, we're going to talk about the teaching and that's why you're so passionate about it. How come you're doing the things that are, that are anti the teaching? So that's, that's really the core of it to me. When I think of some of the finest people who I know, they, from my standpoint, they're just fine people, but perhaps one of the reasons why they behave the way they do is because they believe they're following the teachings of whatever religion it is that they're practicing, and it's not limited to Christianity. So, um, yeah, it's something that we're really going to have to try to figure out because I know some of my peers who now, you know, uh, have kids who are going into high school, they kind of go back and forth on it. But I thought that the theology classes at St. Louis U High in particular, now this is 20 plus years ago, um, were incredibly healthy in that, I mean, I, I specifically remember um, Dick Wayner. I, I'll go ahead and name him because I'm sure he wouldn't be, he'd appreciate it if anything. Who's, when I think of great people who are religious, he wasn't who I was thinking of because I was thinking of my parents and my wife's parents and like Kurt Warner, for example. Uh, but now that I keep thinking about it, Dick Wayner, who is the former athletic director at St. Louis U High, and he's still there, is one of the finest people I know. I mean, just just as good as it gets. Um, and I remember he taught a uh, sophomore, if I'm not mistaken, theology class. 
And it wasn't like this is what happened with the resurrection. It was this is the story in this gospel, and then this is the story in this gospel, and then this is the story in this gospel, and then this is the story in this gospel, and here are the theories as to what really happened. And so it laid it out and then tried to look for explanation as opposed to say, this is what happened, and if you do not believe this, then you can get the hell out of here because clearly you don't love God. And that, to me, I think is healthy. So I don't know. I, go, I, I, really, I legitimately go back and forth. But the question, and by that I mean like with, with, the, with the, the Catholic education element, um, the teachings— I'm all in on as far as how to treat people, how to conduct oneself. I'm all in on those, but I'm not all in it because that's what I grew up or that's where I went to school. I'm all in it just because that's how I've, I've attempted to live my life. Uh, certainly screwed it up multiple times, but uh, attempted to live my life and certainly a good guide. And, you know, whether I read that in the, in the Torah, the Quran, or the Bible or the New Testament, whatever the case might be, uh, I think there's great value in, in, in those. So, I don't know. It, it, I'm anxious um, to continue to have, you know, those kinds of discussions here on, on the, uh, the podcast because I do like it because it's philosophical. There, there is no, well, I know there, in my opinion, there's no right or wrong answer. Um, and so I like those kinds of discussions uh, and those kinds of questions. So thank you very much for sending it in, Don G. Hey, Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies is a, a fine sponsor of this podcast, and, and we're very grateful for him getting on board uh, and I'm also excited when Mark tells me that, Hey, you heard from another listener. And that's because, well, I mean, when it gets down to it, I want, I want our advertisers to get return, of course, but I also know that listener is now in really good hands and that's kind of what it's all about. Now with the end of the year fast approaching, this is the time of the year that many people want to get their year end finances set up for a lot of us. We have young kids and planning for education costs on our minds. as We just talked about Mark Hanna reminded me that in both Missouri and Illinois, you may be eligible for a state tax deduction for putting money into a 529 plan. But for 2018, you have to put that money in by the end of the year. Don't wait. Things are always so busy for all of us. And for most of us, we put off doing things to the last minute. Call Mark Hanna at 314-889-0503, and he can help you figure out if a college savings plan is the right thing for your needs. Talk to Mark Hanna at Evergreen Wealth Strategies at evergreenstl.com. Mark helps everyday people meet their financial goals by helping them to create a clear picture of their finances. It's Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, evergreenstl.com, or give them a call at 314-889-0503. Let's keep scrolling down on the fan page. I've got a bunch of emails, but I'm just going to save those because we got a bunch on the fan page. If the cat and Doug called it quits tomorrow, what would you do next? Uh, that comes from Jason, and, and there's a couple tear emojis under it. Um, it's a good question. I mean, you know, candidly, although I, I don't really think this is a big revelation, you know, as I say over and over again, because this, this topic comes up, I feel like about once a month, this kind of topic, uh, you know, the show with its current group will not last forever. Very obvious statement. But, you know, I mean, it's just it, it logic dictates that, you know, there's a there's a there's a time ceiling, so to speak, on it. Um that, you know, and every show has, most shows actually don't get to pick when they leave, uh, or when they shut down. And fortunately we've been able to do this, you know, we're, we're approaching our 15th year. Um, so, you know, that, that's just reality. But hey, listen, if, if I heard, you know, if I go into my car and I turn on Stern and I hear him talking about leaving, I'd be tear emoji guy too. So 
I know what it's like when you love a show and you think about it coming to an end. But, I mean, Howard Stern's in his early 60s. He certainly doesn't need the money. It's going to come to an end, and that's going to be a shame because outside of that on the radio, I don't, I mean, I listen to podcasts and Stern, and that's that's where I am. So, um, I, you know, with regard to me, and, you know, whether it be this podcast, whether it be what I'm doing with Dan McLaughlin uh, back in the day with Inside STL, I am always, and it's just, it comes, I think it, I think the root of it comes from television and going, oh, sweet, I just won all these awards, my contract's up, I'm going to get a big raise, my God, maybe I'll get even a 40% raise, and then sitting in there with the general manager in 2003, I believe it was, and him saying, here's your 5% raise, and I'm sitting there going, well, I just won, you know, two Emmys and Edward R. Murrow Award, I thought that I'd be getting more. And he goes, yeah, this is all we can, this is all we can do. And I'm kind of like, oh my God, this is what I'm in now. And he's right. I know that he, I know he's not going to do anything and I know he doesn't really care because they could get somebody for less money. So once you have that happen to you, and then I also went through hell and little rock, once you have that happen to you, uh, and obviously we've gone through some fascinating situations in radio you always have to be lining up your plan B and your plan C and your plan D. Um, from my standpoint, while I certainly think that there is uh, money to be made in broadcasting, what I probably spend more of my time on now is looking at new potential models uh, that could be incorporated in broadcasting, but aren't necessarily, you know, can't be all me on, on the broadcast. I mean, I'd be dead. Uh, from doing way too much. So that's kind of what I look at. In other words, um, I don't, I don't feel the need to be on the radio or television. Whereas I think sometimes people just want to be on, on the air and, and like being known. I would love it if nobody knew who I was, that would be wonderful. So, um, you know, with regard to like the specific question, if Doug and the cat called it quits tomorrow, what would I do next? I would imagine I would do my own show, and whether that would be with um, Charlie Marlowe, Jay Randolph Jr., Learn, uh, I'm a fan of that Young Page Views. Uh, it's not like we've talked about, you know, building our own show because I'm doing the show with Doug and the Cat, uh, or just do a show by myself. Uh, you know, that's the direction I would go. But as far as what the long, big term, big picture plan is uh, from a business standpoint, it's you know, it's like what we're working on right now with. Dan McLaughlin and with Pete and with Nick and Roderick and Patrick Donnelly with this new show with the Facebook live and the, and the Periscope shows, I think there could be something there. And, um, and I like trying new things out and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't, but that's the thing that gets my juices flowing. So, you know, I mean, listen, I would, even if I won the lottery, I would probably still do the show. I might be doing it on a remote location from a warm spot, but I would still do the show. Uh, because I love doing the show. But um, as far as, you know, where the upside is, I think the upside is on developing, you know, new content and or new platforms. And that's what intrigues me more than going, oh, what would, the, you know, the next show be? That's because that's to me is where you have more uh, potential financial upside. Uh, ha, ha, ha. Let's see. Do you see yourself doing more casual Facebook lives, breaking down the week that was in either St. Louis sports, politics, et cetera? That's Ryan Brummer. That's a great question. Uh, it's kind of what we're looking at doing right now 
with what McLaughlin and I uh, started here with our Q&A with John Mazalock at the Improv Shop presented by Bud Select and then what we're doing right now once a week. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's so similar to Inside STL in the sense that it's not like we saw something and then go, ooh, we ought to do that. And so then we follow their model. We are creating something that did not exist. And by that, I mean potentially some kind of social media television-ish network uh, out of thin air. I mean, it wasn't even, you know, I'm, I'm recording this on November 19th, 2018. And this is something that wasn't even like on the, on the map for us, God, until late September, early October. And, and it was really only that because Dan and I are like, Hey, uh, you want to do this live from spring training thing again? So then as we started going, yeah, why don't we do it in November? And then, then just like last week, it went really well, which is a credit, not to me and Dan, uh, but to the people who are behind the scenes setting it up and to our sponsors for making it possible, we're going, you know what we ought to do? Like for that week of winter meetings, essentially just be like, you know, so many people love that MLB network coverage, as they should. They do a great job. We'll essentially be the MLB network for St. Louis. And so Dan and I and Pete and Nick and Joe and Patrick will be on call. And when there's breaking news, we'll go on the set, which is in my basement, uh, but built very well by these guys. And, uh, and just go live on Periscope and on Twitter. Uh, and on Facebook and, and go. And the thing that's so great about it is that we're able to immediately Skype people in and talk with them uh, on the show and take people's questions and get people's reactions. And it just, it requires, it requires capital. It requires an infrastructure. It of course requires sales. Uh, it requires multiple people. It requires somebody who, uh, some people who want to build something, you know, cause there is certainly work in, in it, involved in it. Um, and so as we've done that, and then I see the reaction to it from both viewers and listeners, because we put it up on our respective podcasts, Scoops with Danny Mac and, and the Tim McKernan Show, which you're listening to right now. Uh, then you go, well, okay, why wouldn't I like look at doing this with it? And then why wouldn't we look at doing that with it? And then what about doing this for this thing and then this for that? And so all these things... And you go, man, maybe we can do And so just like the wheels are turning there. I will say this. There's, I have, I can only speak for myself. I think Dan feels this way. And I think everybody behind the scenes feels this way, but I will only speak for myself. We have a great deal of excitement for this project. And like I said, it might be a complete bust and might not work out, but we see some things that really excite us and think that it has major potential. And, and so it certainly would not be limited to, uh, just, being, um, you know, once a week with, with me and Dan, there's potential to do more and, uh, and give people something that they, they can't get anywhere else. And also with people who I think they are interested in hearing from when it comes to opinions on breaking news or big stories. And then that is not limited to sports. So a uh, very good question from Ryan. Hey, James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency is who I just switched my business to and could not be happier. Wow. Am I happy that I did? I mean, you didn't know it until you did it, but I had a feeling I would enjoy it, but I didn't know I'd enjoy it this month, and that's what uh, I am experiencing right now. Why? Well, because James is able now to look at my policies and goes, hey, you know, you don't have any disability insurance. That might be something that would be important to you. And I'm going, I don't. No. Do you think you do? And I go, 
I, I, nobody's really talked to me about it. I don't know why they wouldn't talk to me about it because there's money that I'm spending, but that's something that you need. And now with a wife and a child, I mean, my God. So got me on that, got me on ways to save money with my car insurance and my wife's car insurance. And it's so easy. It's so inexpensive. I'm just telling you, and I know people are like, you just say because he's a sponsor. And I don't blame you for saying that. But I'm just telling you that's not the case. Um, he's James Carlton. His number is 314-961-4800. You go online at carltoninsurance.net. James Carlton, if your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton. State Farm. Uh, let's see. What else? I'll do one more on this sode. Some good questions. I've enjoyed the questions. Tip of the cap on the questions. And I've only gone into the fan page when I know I have a bunch stored up from emails from last week. And there's some good ones in there. Um, because people, I thought people were going to be pissy, uh, about, uh, some of the stuff I said in last week's QFTA. And instead it led to a bunch of emails from people who like her, uh, going, yeah, I, couldn't agree more. And here's my experience either in St. Louis or here's my experience and I'm in a different market and here's why. Um, so we'll tend to that in the next. So, uh, on football in St. Louis, I can't help but think of all the near misses. What if the city had built the Cardinals a stadium and they never left? What if the group aiming to get an expansion team and flopped at the finish line? What if the lease offered to the Rams wasn't such a joke? What if the CDC had agreed to Cronkies dome upgrades and arbitration? Uh, and that's just kind of where the, the post ends, but okay. Uh, I know what you're saying. I think, I think if you were ranking these, you could rank them in the exact order you asked them as far as self-inflicted wounds, which is saying something because most of us, especially my peers from an age standpoint and younger are more familiar with the Rams lease and the, uh, top, uh, 25 percentile. Uh, clause that allowed them to leave. Um, but it's not the city. I mean, you might be using city as far as like region. So I don't want to do any scolding here because I am reading simply the written word. But what if the area, what if this is the county along with the city, because it would have been in the county, had built the Cardinals a stadium and they never left? Uh, then I would tell you the St. Louis football Cardinals would have been here for the last 40 years. Uh, or 30 years. Is that what it'd be? 30 years. Yeah. Um, and I'd put a period at the end of the sentence and that would end it. And you know, it's interesting. And I don't know if you have listened to it. I would recommend it. I'd be curious if you did listen. I'm going to, I'm going to give uh, homework here. Uh, if you're interested, especially at the holidays coming up and some of you will be driving in. A lot of you listen to these while you work out. Listen to the Gene McNary podcast. He was a guest a few months ago. And then listen to the Vince Shamel podcast on this specific topic. McNary tells one story and Shamel tells another story and denies what Gene McNary says. Um, and I don't think, I by no means do I think they're like, I think they're friends and I, and I don't think they're at each other's throats. But I thought that was interesting because, you know, McNary's talking about how they were going to build the stadium where Hollywood Casino Amphitheater is now, essentially. And, uh, and also how the San Antonio Spurs were looking at moving here. I mean, God. Ah, yeah. So when you talk about that, in addition to uh, the expansion effort, yes, we would still have that expansion team here. Um, it's just a different world. But I think, you know, the Dome... 
was just so bad. It was so it was such a bad building. And I know that immediately people go, well, wasn't it the loudest place? Yes, it was. But you also had the greatest offense perhaps we've still ever seen in NFL history. But certainly up until that point, one of the greatest offenses in the history of the game playing there. And they were winning Super Bowls and going to the playoffs and doing it in like the complete opposite of, say, the team that won the Super Bowls style the following year, the Baltimore Ravens. So it was you know, it was so exciting, and so people wanted to be there. So, yes, it was loud, but still, if we can avoid the revisionist history, you still would, I would look down from the press box and go, oh, my God, there are people just sitting there when a team's on third down, and people would tell the stories of getting yelled at by people for standing. I mean, it was it was just not a, it was not a football fan's paradise, whereas had they built an outdoor stadium um, in Earth City, essentially, um, then, then not only are you, are you keeping out the, the knitting circles that occupied the lower bowl at the dome, but you then include tailgating, which the dome never lent itself to because it was so choppy around that area. You have some people who just, no matter what, we're not going to go north of the dome. Uh, it's not like there was a lot of real estate to the east of the dome. Uh, and then south of the dome, you had a lot of parking lots. West of the dome, to an extent, you had a lot of parking lots, but it was all like small parking lots. I'm sure many of you have been to Arrowhead um, or take your pick of the vast majority of other NFL stadiums or even college games. And what's the thing that stands out? You know, sure, the game and the stadium, but it's all that leads up to it in the tailgating. I mean, that's what makes it the best. That's why I bitch about those 11 o'clock starts in college football because it drastically reduces tailgating uh, for those who aren't looking to get up at 5 or 6 in the morning and, and set up shop. And it hurts the atmosphere. But I understand it from a television standpoint. It just sucks. So with that all said, it, that that's the thing that I think would have made it. And then there would have been a commitment, and St. Louis would have rallied around it. And you know, it, 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 from that standpoint, yes, there are a lot of what-ifs. There were a lot of near misses, as you call it. And it is truly unfortunate because, um, you know, this city— is now labeled as a city that can't support an NFL franchise. And, and those of us here know that's not the case. If you take a step back and you go, yeah, you know, I wish Stan Kroenke and Kevin Demoff would have handled it differently, but they had every right to go, uh, considering everything that had played out. Uh, it's just the manner with which it was handled and the misdirections that put people on tilt. But, I mean, during that whole process, 2012, 13, 14, 15, kept saying it. I'm like, listen, they can go. It sucks, but they can go. Maybe if St. Louis gives them a ridiculous deal, they'll stay. But that was that ship sailed three years before the vote. So, yeah, I hate it. I do. I legitimately hate it. It really, it really puts us in a leveraged spot when it comes to Missouri football and Blues hockey because if both of those aren't doing much, it is a long, cold winter. And, uh, and that's unfortunate. So yes, I do subscribe to the what if, and you are a hundred percent right. When you lay it out that way, there were a lot of near misses. So, uh, you're right. And it's unfortunate, but, uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Hey, uh, before we wrap up this questions from the audience, I want to drive home, uh, the, the point about Mike Judy and Mike Judy presents Mike's been responsible for bringing St. Louis, some of its finest concerts, something uh, that people maybe not are aware of, but I mean, this is a local guy, uh, who brings some shows to town, Mike Judy and his team that, that, you know, you think of the big places and the big, and that's fine, but, but oftentimes you're priced out of it or they're, 
setting up so people can scalp tickets on the secondary market. Well, that's not what's going on here with Mike. Uh, he's online at MikeJudyPresents.com. Uh, MJP is what he is uh, known as, a St. Louis area-born musician, independent, and he is somebody that when you take a look at his shows, he's brought some people here when they're on their way up, and you go, oh, my God, I can't believe I was able to see, take your pick of uh, whatever artist it might be. I know Post Malone was one that people were like, oh, my God, Post Malone, it pops. Post Malone's like killing it. But, hey, Mike booked him early on. He saw the talent coming. That's something that he does. So take a look at his shows because you might be able to see somebody on their way up who you will never see in a venue uh, locally like that again. MikeJudyPresents.com. MikeJudyPresents.com. Or check him out on Twitter at MikeJudyPRSNTS. Uh, that's where you can follow him and see all the things that he has going on. It's Mike Judy Presents, MikeJudyPresents.com, along with Ryan Kelly, the HomeLoanExpert.com, James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, online at CarltonInsurance.net, Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, Johnny Londoff, Chevrolet at Highway 270, and the Washington Elizabeth Exit, and Seth Goldcamp, Design Air Heating and Cooling, all of our sponsors that make this podcast possible. Welcome your questions. I love when people email me questions because they're a little more comfortable laying it out when they know it's going to be private. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. As always, thank you for listening to another edition of the Tim McKernan Show here on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios.